on this episode of the Jason Wright Show. So initially I was trying to, he wanted someone just to give him $20 million so he could just make huge boatloads of it, make a big, huge factory. And he didn't like business people and didn't understand why people didn't get it, didn't understand it, couldn't read the papers and and just give him the money because it seemed like such a no-brainer to him. Um, so I came in trying to help him raise some money initially, but the pitch went something like this. We think people will drink $60 a day worth of something that tastes like vomit. Can you please give us some money? Very good. I love it. Well, Frank Yosa. Okay. I have hit record. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, it, you see that Frank's, um, his, his, his background is a little squirrely. It's the first time ever I have assigned a green screen to someone. So we just went through a whole exercise here. So man, I'm already winning on this conversation because you showed me a, a tool and tactic that I've never had to use on Ecamm Live. So thank you, brother. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. So this is kind of cool because I want to take this in two different directions. Um, I would like to talk about kind of your entrepreneurial side, because the way you came to being the founder of, of ketone aid and your other, well, I guess for, for bo both nutrition businesses is kind of a, it, I, I can relate. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's a serial entrepreneur, as I saw on your website, you describe yourself. And so I would love to just, as much as you're willing to share about how this journey took you from being a D1 athlete, interested in health and nutrition, understanding the the value and the and just the absolute power of ketone energy to the point where you turn it into a business. I'd love to talk about that. And then I want to take this down to the level of, I guarantee you, Frank, we have so many listeners. They've heard of a ketogenic diet. They've heard of going keto. But man we've probably got people that have no clue what that means. We've got some folks in between. And then we probably have some experts that I think it would be very beneficial to say why they need to be using your products and what the benefit of that is. So starting out, how in the world do you go from being like a fellow real estate broker, like I am, to now and, and, and an athlete, to now you, you're running a successful business in this space? How does that journey happen, man? Sure, sure, I can go through it. Uh, first of all, I'm seeing also the pixelated blurriness. Does it maybe get processed differently later? You look sharp. I look like a big blur ball. There you go. I'm seeing you. There you go. I, I just okay. adjusted it. So, folks, Frank Frank might be kind of like an aberration coming in and out if you're watching. <laughs> but as long as our audio is good, yeah, at least good. if you're listening to the podcast. But if you come back, you'll just, there's no tell what you might see. So maybe that's just the ketones kicking in, dude. I mean, that's, just... that's fine. We, you can put, you know, a Daffy Duck, put an image up there. Um, so, yeah, the, the way I got started with this is through my wife's godfather. And his name is Dr. Richard Veach, and he passed away a couple of years ago. And he was working at the NIH for about 40 years on ketones and how to make exogenous ketones and how to make them palatable, potentially affordable. And so I would just hear around the dinner table, occasionally at the annual birthday party of someone that's, you know, on the older, older side about Dr. Veach and what he was working on and how he should be given gold you know honorary gold medals at the uk olympics and stuff like that for his contribution 
to you know athletic performance all the way back to 2012 where the olympics were in the uk so initially i was trying to he wanted someone just to give him 20 million dollars so he could just make huge boatloads of it make a big huge factory and he didn't like business people and didn't understand why people didn't get it didn't understand it couldn't read the papers and and just give him the money because it seemed like such a no-brainer to him um so i came in trying to help him raise some money initially but the pitch went something like this we think people will drink 60 dollars a day worth of something that tastes like vomit can you please give us some money <laughs> and, and and there'll be no margins on that 60 dollars a day as well because at that time it was you know, anywhere from $5,000 to $25,000 just for one yeah. serving yeah. of this stuff. So, yeah. um, and back then when I started in 2016, that was in the height of like the CBD craze. So investors are like, okay, we can just do use CBD, which is, you know, easy to, uh, easy to get and you know, has some benefits listed with it, or we can do this nasty $60 a day thing. So, um, after a while I said, Hey, why don't I just why don't I put my money where my mouth is? If I believe in this and I'm asking other people to put money in, why don't I just use some money that I had in savings? And I was too conservative to put it in the stock market even. So I just had it in, in cash and from a previous dot-com, you know, from the last dot-com bubble, I had sold uh, an internet company then. So I had some, some cash, decided to put it all into this and he gave me the blessing and started on a two-year research and development learned a lot about chemistry along the way, uh, had a lot of help. And it took a couple of years to bring the price down to something that was much more affordable. And then we finally launched with a Kickstarter campaign with a $25,000 target. And we sold, I think $150,000 worth. Um, and then we had to go and make it because we were making just tiny quantities, yeah. you know, maybe a, a liter per week. Yeah. Now, how long ago was this? That was 2016, like January. Okay. And so what did the landscape look like as far as competition? Because I remember back in those days where anytime you heard about, I'm trying to think, it wasn't Ben Greenfield where I first learned. No, I guess it was probably Tim Ferriss that first Tim started Ferris. talking about ketone esters and them just tasting like absolute crap and just how awful and just how painful it was to consume them. And, but in it also being so expensive. So I kind of just chalked it up back then to, well, that's for guys like Tim that can do that right. stuff, but you know, I'm out. So what did the landscape look like and what made you go? Yeah. Godfather, you're, you're right. This is something we should be on to. Well, yeah. So Tim Ferriss, that podcast was, uh, epic and many people did yep. see it. It was with uh, Peter Atia That's and it, he yep. tells an epic, epic story about how he received some raw ketone esters, ignored the instructions for how to blend it and make it, you know, taste mask, consumed it. And then decided, then thought, oh my God, this tastes so revolting that I think I'm going to vomit on the table. Yes. But if I vomit, I'm going to actually have to eat that vomit because I need to do this experiment because the stuff costs so much. And then, you know, so th this message got into people's heads and it was like, wow. Um, so first of all, that stuff was very synthetically made. So it was exponentially worse tasting the raw material. We did, we've done a lot of bitter, our stuff is 100% plant-based right now. So it's, it's all natural. And well, it still tastes bad, but when we combine it with 50% water, some stevia, some bitter blocker, I mean, it's, it's all relative. If you're expecting orange juice, you're still gonna, you know, uh, want to throw up possibly, but if you're expecting something like a ginger shot, it's no big deal. And 80% of our customers don't even dilute it yeah. from there. They just get used to taking a cap full, just the cap of the bottle. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's, 
that's that message I've had to try to overcome, which is the absolutely disgusting and you have to mortgage your house on it. So we made it taste, you know, not too bad, but just not orange juice. And some people take as little as two to three dollars a day worth. So that cost messaging, I had to change uh, as well. Well, you know, and I can tell you from, you know, the the care package you gave me, which I brought, I've got a couple of cans back here behind me that I saved just for this that I'll show here in a minute. But the uh, I use the ginger K4 flavor. And to me, it's like strong well, coffee. two separate things. There's a, there's a ginger mule, which is the R13. Yeah. And then there's the very scary cherry, which is the KE4. Is that there's the one no that's, ginger. it's like the concentration? Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. concentrated. You yeah, know, there the, you go. That's what, that's it. The that's silver it. small bottle. Yeah, yeah. And I love that's that That's just a, we call it very scary cherry and yeah it tastes like a ginger shot yeah yeah you're right and, but it worse i mean so for the listener out there if you decide to try this and and i i don't know i, I don't guess i'm supposed to recommend it's not a doctor or whatever but i just tell you for me it was like cough medicine maybe i mean at the yeah. at worst but i can tell you man the benefits i could tell i could absolutely and i don't say this lightly i could tell a difference in my performance uh using that as a pre-workout that's what I would do because I don't take pre-workout drinks. I don't do any of that stuff. But whenever you sent me uh, the little uh, sampler that you did, that is what, that's how I used uh, the Scary Cherry. And I could totally tell the difference both on endurance work as well as resistance training. I just yep. wanted to do more. I, I, I had, uh, it, had a, uh, it stoked my energy, and I wanted to do more than I, previ- than I normally would, I guess is the best way to say yep. it. People think that this is just an ultra endurance drink, right? Um, but it's actually can be used NFL athletes, CrossFit, and and weightlifting as well if you know how to use it. But should we back up and say what it is? Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> go. Yeah, let's let's get back there. So, and look, I you will have to rein me in because I mean I'm serious. I'm like a little kid in a candy store, both from the business perspective of this because I'm just fascinated because I'm I like trying to do this literally right now in this space on something else. I may pick your brain otherwise. Maybe need to hire you as a consultant. So I may. It's easy for me to get down the business road of this, but also, so tell me, yeah, go back. What's in it? What's happening? Take it away. So first we have the ketogenic diet. So real Mm -hmm. quick recap on that. It's when people decide to uh, go on a ketogenic diet where they eat 80% fat, 15% protein, and 5% carbs. Similar to an Atkins diet, but Atkins diet tends to be higher protein and protein converts to sugar. So you don't make as many ketones. So when you're on a ketogenic diet, your body gets starved of glucose, either by eating the, these ratios or by just not eating, just flat out fasting for one, two or three days will also do it. And your body goes into the starvation emergency mode and it burns your own fat reserves to make beta hydroxybutyrate, make ketones as an energy fuel source that will fuel your brain. And there were studies in the 60s where they actually starved um, theologians for 40 days to prove that the brain could run just on ketones. Now, a study like that would never be allowed to be done today, but back then, Dr. Cahill was able to prove that the brain can run on ketones alone without without any glucose. Um, so the ketogenic diet gives you this emergency fuel and has many benefits, a long list of benefits. Um, and some people will stay in it for a few months. Some people will stay in it for a few years. I'm actually keto and vegan, and I've been doing that for, I think, seven years. And just last week, actually, I broke it for the first time in five or seven years because I had to do some experiments um, on some new ketone products, but my baseline was too high. So I couldn't, if I wasn't a good guinea pig, if my baseline is too high, 
it starts yeah. going up too much and you know you needed we needed something closer to the bottom so i had to eat some carbs again and my wife was like what are you doing you're eating an apple she hadn't seen me eat an apple yeah for five to seven years um so th that's the ketogenic diet this drink mimics part of that ketogenic diet process and it, it actually skips the fat burning stage so it's a misunderstanding that a lot of people think that you drink exogenous ketones and you're quote unquote in ketosis in 15 30 minutes i think that's very misleading you really have to understand what's going on you're skipping the fat burning stage every company that says you know you're in ketosis in 30 minutes the consumer thinks oh i'm burning fat i'm sitting on the couch i drank this drink i'm burning fat look at me it doesn't work that way so it skips that that step but then delivers ketones into your bloodstream and then that has benefits athletic performance mental cognition people are even using it before bed for sleep which is super counter uh counterintuitive and so it's, it's a drink now there's other companies that were available at the time they were selling uh racemic ketone salts and what that is is the main ingredient is beta hydroxybutyrate but in the natural form it's acidic so if you were to drink it, it would burn a hole in your gut and it just you know doesn't work. So these companies made a, what's called a ketone salt. You add a base to it. So potassium, magnesium, calcium, and the main one is sodium to bond to the acid to make a ketone salt. So that was you know one solution. But then there's also something called racemic where only half of the molecule is bioavailable when you do it this inexpensive, cheap way. And it's the D form, also called the R form, that is bioavailable and your body can, can use those ketones. Um, the racemic stuff, the salt load is just so huge. I'm all for taking salt pills in the morning, but this will be the equivalent of like 20 to 30 salt pills because just the, the salt load is just too massive with these racemic salts that it kind of negates any of the benefits, if any. So a lot of the companies, they will shove a bunch of caffeine in there so you quote unquote feel something. You're feeling the caffeine and the ketones will multiply the caffeine effect. So you think, oh, there's only 60 grams or milligrams of caffeine. It feels like 120, 180, but not in a good way because what goes up comes down with caffeine. So you just get this huge rush. Um, and also people that are entering into a ketogenic diet, they need massive amounts of salt because when you first enter a ketogenic diet, your body, you know, every molecule of water is attached to a molecule of glucose or one to four ratio. And when you lose the glucose, you lose the water you urinate out water and with that water goes massive amounts of salt and so much so that people have tried to go into a ketogenic diet and landed in the hospital and the doctors couldn't figure out for two hours what it was and i told this one lady so i could tell you what it was she's like how do you know we had two harvard doctors that couldn't figure out what it was for two hours i said it was low salt she's like how did you know like they put a sodium drip on me and within 15 minutes i was feeling fine so like just mass it's just inconceivable to people that aren't in the ketogenic world this concept of losing so much salt that you just become uh you know some people are get racing heart rate or they're in a fetal position in bed my wife was a guinea pig five seven years ago with this stuff and she's like what's going on and you know headache and racing heart rate and i did give her 15 salt pills and within 15 minutes she was she was fine so this racemic salt was on the market being sold through multi-level marketing they're selling a whole bunch of it um but it was, you know, Dr. Veach tried these ketone salts years ago, always the non-racemic form. But he said, you know, your cardiologist would kill me if I, you know, made this a product because the salt load was still, even if you have the more bioavailable form, the D form, it's still one to two grams 
of salt right. per serving. And then the amount of servings that he initially wanted to get people, it would have been the same of like 10 bags of these ketone products of, so, you know, 10, 20 grams of salt, almost like a restaurant shaker of salt. Just open it up and oh, take wow. half of it. Super, super salt load. So that, that solution just didn't work. With ketone esters, it's beta hydroxybutyrate combined with a molecule called R13-butanediol, which is technically an alcohol. But when you put them together, it makes a new molecule that, that's not an alcohol, so it's a little bit confusing. But when you, con when you consume this molecule, it separates in the blood, it gets into the blood, which is different than the ketone salts that kind of um, have to go through the gut. This enters in the blood as a ketone ester form and then separates there as beta hydroxybutyrate ketone. So you get like the fast release and then R13-butanediol goes through, through the liver as like a slow release and it converts into beta hydroxybutyrate. So similar to C8 MCT oil, where 15% of the C8 converts to beta hydroxybutyrate, um, this is more like 70, 80% converts to beta hydroxybutyrate. So it's much, much more efficient. You don't have all the negative, you know, side effects of, of, of C8. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just, a so one of the questions that I have that just, and, and this may be a completely, I may be just completely showing my ignorance here, but that's okay. I, I mean, I'm always happy to be the dumbest guy in the room. That's how I usually learn. All right. So given the fact that you do skip the fat burning stage, but you get the benefits of some of the, 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 the ketone energy production, where does insulin and insulin resistance play a role in this? Just because you are kind of changing up, it sounds like something at the at that at that level. Or, or is there is it even a consideration? Is it is it something that we that you have to be? Is there any real changes as it relates to insulin resistance in particular? I guess does it enhance it, or we have to worry about that? So I'm not a doctor, not a scientist. So yeah. this one, uh, I'm not quite exactly sure, but excess ketones will give an insulin like response. Yeah, right. So it'll, you know, the body will, it's not insulin itself, but the body will want to shut down that extra fuel and people sometimes go to sleep. Gotcha. Like they take some people to, you know, initially Dr. Veach wanted people to take three bottles of this <laughs> per day. Wow. And then, you know, based on people using it, and that was with food because all the mice studies were done with food as opposed to on an empty stomach. We found that on an empty stomach, you can take drastically less. We'll have some women that take one capful and they're like, oh, I didn't get any energy. It made me fall asleep. I'm like, well, the good news is that was actually too much for you. Cut it yeah. in half. So they're going to like half of a capful um, because excess ketones will create a, a crush. It can also be, we don't usually recommend taking it with food because it becomes much more expensive because it's just absorbed much more slowly. But technically, a few doctors have recommended using it with food to limit the blood glucose spike. Okay. And with a blood glucose spike, you know, insulin comes in. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to stop the blood glucose spike, you know, there's some benefits there. But there might be, I think, less expensive options, such as taking regular straight oil um, instead of ketone ester, you know, during the food, because that would just be an expense. You'd have to take three to five times more than you might normally take. And then before you know it, it's, you know, 15, 20 bucks right. <laughs> um, during a meal. All right. And so another question I have just and, and two questions. One, what is, why have you decided to go vegan? Like wh how long and why? And then two, for someone that is a meat eater that is going to put this as part of their, 
protocol, their you know their protocol. Are, are there any considerations for vegan versus non-vegan? And you know that that would be my first two, just because. And the yeah. the vegan first vegan question, just out of pure curiosity, because I know you're a you're a badass athlete. I mean, you, you've, you've done this. Well, I was, I mean, I feel like, well, but you, you know, it, I'm sitting on the couch with my hand, you know, it, you know, tucked on the side, like, Oh, in the old football days, I used to, <laughs> you know, that, that's me. That was 20 years ago. I mean, I, I, my 15 year old nephew just visited and, you know, I gave him a run for his money for three days. Yeah. But, um, I wouldn't say I, but you're a healthy uh, guy. I don't, I, I don't mean, you're, like, you're a healthy, healthy guy. guy. Right. So, so the, the, I'm, I'm more of an advocate for low carb and keto eating than I am on the vegan side and, and vegans, it's not healthy in the sense that you can, it's probably more likely that a vegans are going to be unhealthy versus, you know, a regular meat eater because they tend to eat all these processed substitute stuff. So you you can eat vegan and you can eat keto well, but you can also eat both of those things poorly. And it comes to just eating, you know, if you eat a lot of packaged foods and stuff and, and go to restaurants, I tend to not eat at restaurants. Or if I go to restaurants, I'll only order from the side menu. Like I literally say, what are the sides? And you've got green beans and, and, you know, olive oil. Um, but you know, why I decided to go vegan, it was a, a family choice. I, I grew up um, periods of time where I was just eating too much meat and took the meat out, felt better, did college um, vegan, and then afterward brought back in a little bit of chicken, but then decided to leave it out, read a couple of books like, um, rich roll, mm-hmm. uh, finding ultra was a, was a big influencer. Um, and we just, you know, my entire family is vegan. They're not keto, but, but they are vegan. My wife is occasionally keto. I can tell when she's supercharged and running around, <laughs> uh, when she's, Oh, she's keto now. Um, but the kids, you know, we'll try to keep them low on the sugar. We don't do, we do minimal, uh, fruit, for example, and if you do eat fruit, eating it with fats because you don't want the blood sugar spike. People think that fruit somehow just doesn't count, but it's like it's like candy. Yeah, yeah it's quote unquote natural, but it'll spike your blood sugar and make the you know kids run around crazy. We do a lot of avocados, a lot of nuts. I, I make my own nut cereal. I go to Trader Joe's, stick my arm out, and buy like ten different types of nuts, put them in a little slap chop two thousand thing, and and make my own you know nut cereal with shredded coconut. Um, so yeah, but you know, I have a video also on our YouTube page of how to do vegan keto, um, more specifically, cause people you know, do ask about that, but you can be, you know, these impossible meat burgers that are fake synthetic stuff. I'm not saying we don't eat them. You know, I don't think that that's healthier than a high quality steak yeah, yeah. or high quality meat source. So it's just what our family decided decided works works for us also a little bit in the or or a lot of the just you know animals just the the sadness of animals and there's something to i think eating animals that were sad as well and getting some of those you know hormones but uh yeah my my, i remember my son when he was age three asked a waiter who came over dropped off some water he said is this water vegan like it's just getting ingrained into we, we've explained to them that this is brainwashing. You have to understand, like, like you are being brainwashed. If we you had grown up in a meat eating world, you probably would have you know no thoughts. You wouldn't think twice about uh a hamburger coming from a from a cow that you know had to be killed. Yeah. And and another question that you may you may or may not know the answer to, 
because I have started trying to eat more plant-based things. I found that I didn't really like plant-based protein as much as whey. That's, that's kind of, I just, I'm, I'm, I like whey better. Um, but I do try to eat more plant-based. I mean, I'm not going to eat chips if I can help it. I don't, I try not to eat any packaged foods, probably like you, but I did, uh, I guess it was, um, oh, the pig out plant-based pork rinds. Uh, the guy, he's been on uh, James Altucher's show a bunch of times. I can't remember, called the founder's name. I've eaten some of those things. Other than the industrial seed oils, I seem to always find when they try to make plant-based snacks good. Do you have? Can you guide me on that? Uh, do you have any thoughts? There's one uh, plant-based crackers that are really expensive but really good, and they're just made out of flaxseed that you can't process. Oh, okay. so it's just a sheet okay. of flaxseed that goes right through you. So if you want to use something to to dip that guacamole, yeah, right. and that's you know great. And also use uh, coconut wraps for tortillas. Mm-hmm. To make you know, uh, to make you know whatever you know, sandwich type thing I'm gonna be using, I'll use uh, you know, coconut wraps. Okay. All right. Well, now let's get back to the ketone discussion. And th- thank you for letting me just pick your brain. Sure. I, you know, man, I've got a vegan on the show. I got a. No, I'm just kidding. You know. Um, and we, there's a shirt that my wife uh, has that says, you know. Don't worry, plants stay calm. Plants have protein too, because that's the number one right. question. Where do you get your protein? Like. Very few people go to the hospital because of a protein shortage, and, <laughs> right. and, you know, like literally. And there's one doctor, Dr. Ron, can't remember his name, Rose, ah, I'm embarrassed. Um, and he talks about how a lower protein diet is actually better for longevity. Yeah. So, you know, well, that's one of the things I'm learning. A lot of people going back to the whole insulin discussion, a lot of people don't realize that too much protein can contribute yeah. to insulin resistance and and so yeah it's it's all it's there's there's a lot of mis you know misgivings out there for people that don't really understand that's why i wanted to talk to you and ask you that question because um i when it comes to the older i get man i'm 47 now the older i get the less judgmental i i well I, i try not to ever be judgmental but i'm open to like hey if you can give me a convincing argument, if it's something I think I may need, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be too dogmatic to try anything that might help slow this aging process and not. You know, I, I plan to live to be at least 105, but I want to be able to get around and do cool stuff when I'm there. So if I need to yeah. add some plant based stuff to my diet, I'm all in. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't I don't uh, I don't preach it. Yeah. I'm not one of the the annoying vegans that are that are preaching it. It's just work what works for us. We I've seen people who've had amazing results like cancer or being you know, treated with, you know, veganism. So, you know, more power to them. I think what I've said before is what what do, you know, uh, raw vegans and carnivores have in common? What? And people are like, how is that possible? They both don't eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. So so it really isn't so much what you're eating. It's what you're not eating this, you know, all this processed stuff. So those two people will swear that, you know, you'll see some article saying vegan converts to meat and feels better after five years and then you'll see somebody somebody else saying you know meat eater that worked on a farm now only eats plants and cured his cancer and what do they both have common they both didn't eat hamburgers and mcdonald's and you know processed bags and stuff like that so is it the veganism is it the meat or is it just the not eating shit well said i like it i like it okay so the person listening to this um this podcast and they're like you know I don't want to go on a full keto diet. That just like even even Peter Atia, who who stayed in ketosis, you know, going back to him, like I think he he spent years in ketosis, which 
By the, that's just freaking crazy town. I mean, you know, you get used to it. I've been five years, seven years now, and I don't even count the years a anymore. Long time, I just, I just, it's just you have different foods, and you just eat those foods, and you don't really think about it. And I don't have, you don't have the, I don't have the cravings right. for that cake, that pasta. Yeah. I feel dumber when I eat pasta. Agree. Like I, the other day, uh, you know, I hadn't been, I'd been keto for so long that I went non-keto, and I couldn't read my kids a story to bed. And I remembered seven years ago, every single day, my kid would have to nudge me being like, wake up, wake up. I could not make it the day and not be falling asleep reading the book. And that came back for the first time in five to seven years within one day, two days of, of not eating keto. So I just, I just eat differently and the body just runs on fat instead of running on on glucose. Yeah. And, and your brain and your brain to that point, your brain prefers that uh, the, the ketones versus the uh, uh, the, the glucose to it for energy. Yeah. So because I'm the same way, man. And it also affects my mood. If I eat a lot of a lot of processed sugar, especially a lot of pastries or something like that, dude, I can tell I get grumpy and just it has a really profound impact on me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, di different people, different strokes. And some people say different body types are I, I went to this you know, they test their blood and my body type says I'm supposed to eat this and that. I'm not into that stuff. Yeah. So it's just, you know, whatever feels best for you. And, you know, ethically, morally, some people, you know, have issues with animals and, you know. Yeah. So, All right, so tell, tell me this. Okay. So do you do intermittent fasting or do any, any, any form of. So I just sometimes just, I don't do it on purpose. I just forget. I mean, I went to a metabolic health conference and I, I wasn't drinking ketones because my ketones were already high because I was skipping meals and I was, you know, the conference was so long and then there, there wasn't even time for dinner. And over two or three days, I just maybe had 200, 300 calories throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then I went to these breath meters, ketone meters around to see, you know, what numbers I would blow. And then the highest the guy had ever seen from one to hundred was 19. I think I blew like a 65 70 and wow. <laughs> anything over 20 it said you know, like seek medical attention but there was a doctor right next to me he's like you're fine yeah. um and then the ketone blood meter was over eight millimolar so it actually just says high you yeah. actually break the meter it says you know the, the meter becomes very friendly so yeah so occasionally when i travel it's a great time to just not eat and do you know intermittent fasting but oftentimes maybe half the week i'll skip breakfast and then before you know it I forget and I haven't had lunch and then dinner time comes and I'll have dinner, but I've been known to sometimes just have a handful of nuts and then fed the kids. And then it got late and just don't eat. I think eating is kind of overrated. You kind of, your body and your metabolism just adjusts. If you're used to eating a whole bunch, your body will, you know, burn a whole bunch. But if you get used to just not eating, it's just not that big of a deal. Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the things that I've talked a lot about lately, and I've actually written a couple of articles on this uh, point that we weren't made for the habitat that we currently, I mean, I, look, and I preface this by saying, I, I am thankful that we have the habitat we have where you can go crush 1400 calories without exerting any energy whatsoever. That's great that, you know, if given the choice between 100 years ago, and you know, 200 years ago, and what we have now, hey, this is good. But you have to make that cognizant understanding that we were not made for this overabundance of a habitat. And our body was not made to eat that constantly. And yeah. a 24-7 eating cycle was never what we were designed for. I mean, that's, that's why we get tired at certain times when we eat. If you have someone, because I got to believe that somebody listening to this is like, 
I've wanted to try fasting of some sort, intermittent. And what I always tell people, Frank, is when they say, all right, tell me about fasting, why I should do it. And I'll go into autophagy and, and you know, circadian rhythm and the multi, multitude of different benefits. It's not just for weight loss. If, if you're talking to me about, I want to lose some weight, so I'm thinking about intermittent fasting, I'm probably going to say, well, that's not a conversation I want to have because you're going to get pissed off and miserable and rely on willpower and stuff that's just not going to be sustainable. But if you really want to understand fasting, I'll go through the reason why. And I tell people the first place you'd start is just stop eating two to three hours before you go to bed and push breakfast off as far as you can. Let's start there. Now, what I, my simple mind uh, hears whenever I start learning about keystone esters and this sort of thing is this might be a good way to help that person that's afraid of going into full blown 16, eight intermittent fasting, you know, only an eight hour feeding window to kind of get some of the benefits. I guess the only benefit that I can think of that you, because you get the energy production, you just might not get the autophagy. And so therefore, at a minimum, you could kind of maintain your the same diet, get the sugars out, and, and start getting the benefits of the energy. Would this be a good solution for that person? Yeah, so you actually can use it that way. We don't, we don't advertise the product for weight loss. And even my wife said, you know, if I haven't lost weight on it, you can't advertise that it's for weight loss. So, you know, so, but, but people misunderstand it. They, they think that they can drink the drink and it burns, it burns the, the cake that they just ate. Like literally I had someone guy say, I had pasta, then I took her ketones. And then the next day the scale was up one pound. I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't, doesn't work that way. But people do use it to help them fast and help them skip breakfast. So the reason I'd say to, I like what you're saying is uh, eat earlier um and then have a larger window and then try to push breakfast that's great but explaining to people what's going on is overnight your body starts to barely get into ketosis Mm -hmm. just a little bit you can test your blood prick even if you had a no not if you had a full sugar meal but if you just had a regular non-keto meal and your window is now you know 12 hours you'll just start making some ketones 0.1 0.2 0.3 it'll go to your brain start sending some signals to suppress your appetite to not eat more. Um, and people say, you know, it's been advertised to us that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Like we're trying to rechange, you know, change that completely. That's just Kellogg's. I think that, I think that was the, ba- yeah, the bacon, egg and cereals lobby did that. I yeah. think yeah. so skipping breakfast is a great thing. And, right. but people, you know, some people have it entrained, entrained in the, into their system. Mm-hmm. So taking ketone ester, yeah, you can take ketone ester to try to, um, suppress your hunger to get, you know, to skip breakfast. And then some people will take another amount at uh, 11 or 12 to then skip lunch and then make their window even smaller. And then some people might take a third one at 4 p.m. so that they can, you know, eat at seven or eight and then not be ravished at seven or eight and just be, you know, eating huge quantities. So yeah, people will take half a capful to one capful. So anywhere from one to $2 worth, um, one to two times a day. And some people that are already able to skip breakfast and make it to lunch, you know, they they tried the ketone ester first thing in the morning to suppress their appetite. But I said, Hey, your appetite was already suppressed. And, you know, so, so you don't need it for that benefit. Now they might say, Oh, well it helped with brain fog that I have in the morning or it helped, you know, put a pep in my step. Okay, great. You can use it for that. But if you're suppressing appetite and you can already do it without it then just go on, go on without it. Um, some people will already skip breakfast and just take it at lunchtime. Um, some people will take it with their coffee. So instead of like the buttered coffee, that's very, mm-hmm. uh, popular. The main goal of the buttered coffee is to not have carbs, but have, 
uh, enough energy to take you to lunchtime and still not have carbs, but it's still 200, 300 calories. It's still a huge calorie bomb of fat. The ketone ester, you know, one capful should do something pretty similar. And that will raise your, actually it'll raise your blood ketones more than that buttered coffee and only be 10, 20 calories as opposed to 200, 300 calories. So while it sounds sexy of, you know, burning fat to make ketones, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, 300 calories versus 220 calories. There's going to be a difference and that'll be cumulative. One thing you do have to watch out for is all ketones, including ketone ester, will multiply any caffeine intake that you might have. So we've had some people say, oh, I took this. I felt amazing. I said, okay, I'd love to take credit for it and just, you know, end with that. But I said, what was your caffeine consumption? And they go, oh, yeah, I took, you know, one cup of coffee or two cups of coffee. And I say, well, you know, the ketones were multiplying that. And what you might have been feeling is the caffeine. Yeah. It's like it delivers it across the blood brain barrier and just multiplies it. Um, we had this one person that said, you know, super, super sensitive. And I took a tiny amount of your ketone ester and I got jittery and had a couple emails. And I said, wait a second, you're super sensitive, but do you take caffeine? Oh yeah. I take a real stiff, you know, hundred milligram coffee. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what was being multiplied. Um, I'm kind of anti-caffeine. I think caffeine is, is a, an addiction that, um, people think gives them energy, but it really doesn't. It gave them energy the first time that they took it, maybe 20, 30 years ago. And all it is, is a heroin type addiction, trying to get back to that high that they can't get. So you actually get, uh, a drop in production of just mental acuity without the caffeine. And you think that you're not focused, but that lack of focus is actually your thought of trying to get back to that caffeine. And once you get the caffeine, it's not making you sharper. It's just making you not think about getting caffeine anymore. Yeah. So if you actually took the 30 to 60 days to get caffeine out of your system, and some people are like, no, no, I can never do that. Well, you know, ketone ester can help with that. Um, get it out of your system. And then before you know it, you realize, I don't really need it. And I, I phased out of it for 40, 60 days during COVID. And then I was only bringing back caffeine during like an important meeting or something like that. And then, you know, so only once or only twice, no, once a week or once every other week, I would take a little bit of caffeine and I thought it helped. But then I, I quit caffeine for a good month or two completely. And then I had this important meeting and I was going to take some caffeine. I go, wait a second. I, I could not be more optimized right now. Like I'm as sharp as as I think I can be, caffeine would do nothing. So th then I, I, I stopped taking that, you know, inner, you know, occasional caffeine because I think it really, you know, sets you back. And there's a great book on Amazon called Quit Caffeine, explains all this, the science about how it's a perceived energy, but it's really not energy. And once you get over the addiction, you know, you'll be better off and your sleep will be better. People talk about, oh, well, I stop at noon because I don't want to mess up my sleep. But how's your sleep? Oh, it's not good. When do you drink coffee? 7 a.m. Do you think there's any correlation? They're like, oh, I didn't think that the 7 a.m. And one yeah. guy said, yeah, he was on a po podcast. He said, caffeine doesn't affect me. Okay, then why don't you drink decaf? He's like, well, I don't know. I just didn't think it did anything for me. Like there might be the unintended things that caffeine are doing. It's a drug. You don't yeah. just, you know, sprinkle in some heroin and be, ah, oh, I didn't do anything. I just put it on my cereal. <laughs> no, just don't have it. Um, yeah. And yeah, he switched to, to decaf. Man, I was one of those guys that thought, because I'm, my wife and I used to have a cup of coffee every night after dinner, which is like wow. the absolute worst time, right? Until I started really trying to optimize my sleep and realized, okay, even if I think I, it's whenever I started to realize all sleep is not created equal. You may be able to go to sleep quickly, but getting into that deep and REM sleep, if you miss those cycles, it's not quality sleep. So 
it was weird. Like when you sent me um, my products and Ben Greenfield, who I work out on the, I use the ladders app and I'm a member of team boundless, which is Ben Greenfield's um, team. And so that week he was encouraging a fast from coffee. And then I was also reading uh, Sachin Panda's book on the circadian rhythm. So it was like this perfect storm. So I was like, okay, this is a great week to not have any caffeine. Frank, it was now the, the first, and I didn't think I was a guy that I thought I had become numb to coffee until yep. I stopped and just replaced it with, um, I've really gotten into these, um, um, Ticino brand teas. Uh, they're like some, uh, some chaga and some different stuff. So I, I would push that. It would just be straight water until I was does, ready. Does a tea have caffeine? No, or, none. Okay, okay, okay. No. So, caffeine. I, so okay. I got rid of all caffeine for a week and it was that those first couple of days, man, it was, I was really kind of embarrassed to be honest with you. That I was like, crap. Cause I pride myself on, you know, not taking any alcohol, not being addicted to anything. And, but then by about the third day, the best benefit for me besides good sleep, uh, was just clearer, calmer thinking. You know, I have a tension point back here on my shoulder. that's like fishing line being pulled that, I never felt that the whole week that I wasn't drinking coffee. It, it, it was it was a drastic difference. And then I think uh, taking the uh, scary cherry, you know, before I worked out, then I didn't miss, you know, my cup of coffee I usually have before I go, you know, crush yeah. my first cardio workout of the day or whatever. So, yeah, it, it's it's amazing how you're well, able to be addicted and not know it. We've tried to help nurses and doctors that, you know, just think that it's just a requirement to have coffee every three hours, you know, for 18-hour shifts getting them off of that, getting them onto ketones and not needing that, that caffeine, that spike and that crash in the more steady, steady energy. Now, some people will combine ketones and coffee and they advertise it as you know, the Holy grail is combining the two. Yeah. But it's, it's not like you get a freebie. You drink your one cup of coffee and it multiplies it. It's like drinking two cups of coffee. It's not like two for the price of one. So what right. goes up comes down. So yeah, you're going to feel great and it'll be delivered, but it'll, It'll go away after a while because you're you're just going to build a tolerance to this higher two cup of coffee instead of one, and I just don't think it's it's healthy. But people like to feel things, so you know, can't stop them. Who are the ketone esters not for? Is there anybody that should like you know you might want to be careful? Is there somebody that should? Well, we we don't recommend it for kids. Okay. So you know, um, that's just a higher level of F- FDA standards and scrutiny, and for pregnant women nursing, so none of that. Um, oh, so one guy talked to me, called me yesterday. He he was at uh, six millimolar. He was already his already in deep ketosis because he thinks more is better. And he he was dipping down to four, so he wanted to take the ketone ester to get back up there, but it only lasted forty five minutes, which I'll explain. So he needed to take it every hour, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like first of all, you're <laughs> over, you know, you're over three unless it's for athletic performance. If you're over three, I, I cannot see, or even even if you're over two naturally it'd be hard for me to f- see a benefit for taking ketone ester outside of sport. Like if you're taking sport and your baseline is really high and you're going to be burning that fuel source immediately. Okay. That's fine. But if you're just, you know, studying or, or working in front of a computer and your baseline is already two or three millimolar going to four to five doesn't do anything. And this mis- there's this misunderstanding that it only lasts for 45 minutes. Cause when you test your blood ketones, you can test every 15 minutes and see that it's gradually going up. And at the 45 minute mark, it peaks, and then it goes down pretty quickly. So some people conclude, oh, it's a very expensive product, which they're incorrect because they're taking too much. And that it only works for 45 minutes. You have to take it every couple hours. It, it, 
it's a misunderstanding. And what's going on is at the peak is when it's in your bloodstream and bloodstream just happens to be where we can take a snapshot, but it does nothing in the blood. It doesn't make your blood thinner. It doesn't make it more red. It, when it leaves the blood is when it starts to work. Okay. So, you know, that's when it starts to go into the mitochondria, starts to go into your brain, starts to go into your muscles for, you know, repair from a hard workout because you know, people use it. Uh, some people use it only for post-workout. Um, and then you can even test with the blood breath meter, which isn't as accurate because beta-hydroxybutyrate converts into uh, acetoacetate and then acetone. But for the next four to six hours, the ketones in your breath are still skyrocketing from taking you know, the ketone ester. So they're still in your system for many, many hours. Don't worry about chasing these blood ketone numbers. But yeah, he, he was just way too high. And I told him, I don't know. I can't think of a reason for you to be taking this. And I've gotten so high that my vision actually gets worse. It's like my eyeball lens can't, you know, it zooms in and zooms out and can't, you know, connect. Right. So there's too much of a good thing. And a lot of some professional athletes, we give a probably 80% of the Tour de France professional cycling teams use ketone ester. And some of them stopped using it during the performance and only used it after the race and you know for recovery and before bed they take huge amounts um before bed which is just mind-boggling to me but if you're that wrecked from four to six hours of biking like you could drink a pot of coffee and be fine yeah. um but you know taking um what was i saying <laughs> i got lost there no it's just it, I, it started out was is is there anyone that it's not good oh yeah 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 also yeah. oh, so, so the the, the Tour de France athletes, I, I need more ketones. The Tour de France athletes, they stopped taking it during the ride. And I think the reason was that they were taking too much because I think, well, if this amount works, then double will work better. But we've had people drop out of Ironman type races because their blood sugar dropped too much. So the ketone ester can drop your blood sugar. You're you're down in the you know 50s and 60s and your legs feel wobbling. It, it can be bad. So we've been trying to teach them how to incorporate less and strategically you know, at altitude or before a hill and different ways to use it. So again, it, it, so it can have some of those, um, insulin like effects, I guess is, is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Saying, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about taking it or before bed, um, whenever you sent me your package, you told me to try some, you know, before, you know, some, and I, I slept fine. I would now only did a cap full and I yep. did, and that was on, okay, obviously, I would use it as a pre-workout. Um, you know, I'd consume it before I work out, I guess, on in a fasted state. Use my first cardio workout of the morning, I'm always in a fasted state. And I think I and I, so I did it both. I did it there and then I did it before my afternoon workouts. Um, but never had an adverse impact on my sleep. Uh, right. so that, and so you took a tiny amount before immediately before bed, like one cap yeah, full. Exactly. Was that was that a day that you worked out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And did you notice anything on your deep sleep or ring data or was it? No, it was, normal? I, I want to say it was, uh, it was, it was actually a little bit, a little better. I, yeah, I certainly yeah. wasn't worse. I, I would have noted that for sure, but it was at least as good or maybe a little extended on the deep sleep. So, yeah. yeah. So everyone's different. Some people, some women that are sensitive will go all the way down to one ML. We're talking like 50 cents worth of ketone ester. Wow. Uh, if you take too much, it almost turns into like an energy source. But if you take the right amount, it, it's more of a signal signaling molecule that's mm -hmm. telling the body to do things like stop the cortisol spike, perhaps at 2 a.m. that wakes people up. Yep. They're no longer waking up. People, uh, Mike Mutzel sent in a, a screenshot of his aura ring saying, hey, here's my entire my deep sleep all week long. 
Here's the one day I took ketone ester and it popped 30 to 40 minutes. And then the next day I did not take ketone ester and it went right back down to baseline. So, but some people, it can be one ML, some people it can be 10 MLs. Uh, it also depends on how hard you work out. Yeah. So if I have not worked out a certain day, I take a certain amount um, and it'll, it'll keep me up. It'll give me a more of a shallow sleep. But if I have, you know, I said my nephew was in town and we were doing um, a stair workout and I was super zonked. I doubled what I normally took and, you know, had great sleep. So it depends on how, how wrecked you are. So right. everyone's a little bit, a little bit different. Okay. But yeah. That was an accidental find. The guy, uh, actually, if people want to take a deeper dive into it, they can read the book. Um, Ketones, the fourth fuel. I think I have it around here somewhere. Travis Christofferson, give him a plug. And he's the one that one day drank 10 mls of the ke4 and said frank i slept like a baby like you got to look into this i'm like no no we've been telling people for two years not to take it before bed because it's a energy source he's like frank i'm telling you um let's see right here and what was the name of that book frank because i'll put it yeah. in the show notes ketones the, the fourth, fourth fuel. fuel okay cool and he doesn't write about the sleeping part he just is the one that you know told me to check it out and now they're doing clinical trials on just taking it before bed for elite you know tour de france type athletes so it's it's a very very early on there's many more trials that need to be done that's so cool i love that all right now i want to ask you about a couple of, of your products i've got here these hard ketones all right so well, just, yeah right, right before we go into that let's just do yeah. a real quick quick recap of the Ketone ester, we got the KE4, that's 50% active ketone ester, 50% water. So it's super, super strong. People will take one or two capfuls. Yep. Sometimes they dilute it with a little bit of water. Don't want to put it into a big thing of water because it just makes the entire water taste nasty. So just enough for one shot. Right. And then we have KE1, which is six times more water. It's a mix of ketone ester, ketone salt, ketone free acid, but it still has 80% less salt load than the regular ketone salts. So it doesn't have that negative effect. And that one tastes good and also can be, well, if you take it directly, some people might think it tastes good, but if you add it to water, six ounces, 12 ounces of water, it actually tastes good. Like a peach squeezed into water next to no taste. Then we have the snake water, which I didn't, I didn't get any snake water. I'll have to get you some of that. That is the, we were out of it for a while because of the new products, um, that is the kitchen sink approach. We had all these different adjuncts that we wanted to add to the ketone ester, but we really, really wanted to keep the KE4 pure and just ketone ester. So then that one is just, you know, branch chain amino acids, uh, Hooperzyne, L-theanine. I mean, it just got like 15, 20 nootropics and different adjuncts that work well with ketone ester, all in this one, like just crazy bat out of hell type, you know, pre-workout. <laughs> pre-workout drink so that was really fun we, we call it snake water because you know we make all these claims that'll make you run 10 times faster and we were making fun of all these companies that make all these claims and it's just like well no one's going to believe us so let's just go you know make claims that are 10 times bigger than the competitors and have a little asterisk that says you know may or may not be true so those that's that's the the lineup there and we are working on a much more diluted ready to drink 12 ounce can that can be you know actually good tasting just like you would drink a LaCroix yeah. just have a sparkling water with ketones one of the things you mentioned that's in the uh snake water is nootropics I, I have not tried any my mom who suffered a stroke a couple years ago she always asked me about every supplement and everything there is and she was asking me about nootropics and I have not 
experimented with any? Do you have any that you recommend and that you've seen great cognitive benefit from or anything like that? Yeah. And, so and, it, and in fact, it, and what is in the, uh, which ones are you putting yeah. in the snake water? Yeah. So the, for, so for your mother, the number one nootropic by probably a factor of 10 is the ketone ester. Yeah. So I would recommend for her the KU1 because it's not nearly as bad. So even just that by itself. Okay. Um, but Hooperzine A is something that I've uh, I learned from Tim Ferriss. Okay. And I, he teaches it or he uses it for um, at, at bedtime to do um, what's it called? Uh, lucid dreaming. Okay. It's a whole topic of lucid dreaming where you wake up in your dream. It's not just a, a dream that you're aware that that's a vivid dream. It's a dream where you actually wake up and then you can ma manipulate and change your dream. Oh, I've and seen the sky, baby. I know all about yeah, lucid yeah, yeah. dreaming. <laughs> yeah. So, so Hooperzine kicks that in. Okay. And it's even, it's even better if you happen to wake up at 4am to go to the bathroom, take the Hooperzine then because your sleeps, your, your, your dreams are more in the morning. So if you take it at 4am as opposed to 10 or 11 p.m. when you go to bed, it'll even have a bigger effect. But I just saw my dreams just explode. I'm like, this has to be doing something for my brain. So I occasionally will take it um, for, you can't take it multiple days in a row because it stops stops working, the Hooperzine. But just for special occasions, I'll take uh, I'll take some Hooperzine. And you know, whether I notice it or not, I don't know. But the fact that I when I take it with my dreams, it explodes my brain power that it just, even if it's a placebo effect, I'll take it, you know, Got for it. a, you know, important presentation or something. Okay. Um, so yeah, Hooperzine is my favorite nootropic um, outside of the ketone esters, but there are other L-theanine helps people with focus, you know, it's, yeah, that's it's one I was usually a about. counter to caffeine, but you can take it by itself yep. just to kind of lower uh, anxiety and increase focus. Um, you know, those are the main, main ones. Okay. You just brought up something I wanted to ask you. Okay. So I know you're not a doctor, so you can't make a recommendation. However, I don't, so I don't know how you say this. That you, you're probably smarter than me to make sure that we, we both stay out of trouble. I'm, I'm used to it. Okay. Right. So um, I have a friend who uh, his wife has epileptic seizures. Um, uh -huh. And if I want it, would it make sense for me to, and, and, I, and he does have her on a, he's, she's, she's on a ketogenic diet because we know that that has proven to help with seizures as, as it relates to epilepsy is would you think not recommending but would you think just sitting here thinking out loud that maybe uh the keystone esters could be beneficial for someone who suffered seizures uh, uh from epilepsy well it's harder to answer those it's harder to answer those medical questions when the answer is yes but when the answer is no i think i have a little bit more leeway I, well, I not, not necessarily no it's just that with epilepsy, we don't know whether it's the ketones that are helping epilepsy or whether it's the lack of sugar that's helping mm. epilepsy. And that's really, really an important distinction. Yeah. Is, it the, is it the sugar that's causing the epilepsy? So then drinking a whole bunch of ketones and having that cake, you know, you might not be any benefit. So with the epilepsy, we, we really just don't know yet. Yeah. You know, some people have, have tried it, mixed reviews, but... Um, it's really, really too early with the epilepsy, but I would focus on lowering the sugar intake, whether it's keto or not. There's, there's some benefits of going full keto, but 80, 90% of the benefits are just going low glycemic index, like a diabetic diet and not having those blood glucose spikes. And if you're not sure, I mean, before I'd buy a bottle of ketone ester, I'd buy a $70 continuous glucose monitor. 
Yeah. Put that patch on your shoulder and see the things that you eat. This, oh, well, fruit can't be bad for me. See if it spikes. Right. Or these low-carb tortillas. You know, I put on a blood glucose monitor for two weeks, and it was flat and kind of boring. And then I had a low-carb tortilla, and it skyrocketed. Right. And I was like, oh, well, so much for that, you know, advertising. So the first thing I would do is get a continuous glucose monitor to see what you eat. Because some people react differently. They might eat sweet potatoes and not react the same as, as the next person. Um, and really keep those spikes uh, in check. So to answer your question, uh, we just don't know and it's super early. Um, but I think sugar, as a non-doctor trying to uh, put my finger on it, I think it's more the sugar is what's causing the problem. Yeah, I agree. And, and just you bring up a good point there. And for the listener out there, sugar is just freaking poison. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It is th th The stuff is just freaking terrible. I mean, you know, we've, we've got to have some glucose in our diet, even whether it's glucose or fructose, whichever one, the fructose coming from the fruit, you know, but either way, too, it's just, it is unbelievable. The damage. But one funny thing is when you say the word sugar, what the consumer and half of your audience hears is white powder. Oh, yeah. And, right. and candy. You're right. But when you're saying sugar, you're actually meaning what I call the five deadly foods. Number one, fruit, rice, bread, pasta. And I say fruit twice yeah. because I want people will have a they're willing to cut out the other ones, but everything except for fruit. And they say, yeah, I'm low carb except for fruit. And it's like, <laughs> no, that doesn't make any any sense. Right. So when, when you're saying, you know, sugar is the devil, they're still thinking candy and, and white powder and soda. But w once you take a deeper dive into the keto world, it's no, it's all of these things that raise blood sugar are maybe not equally as bad. I guess candy is exponentially worse, but just still really, really bad. Yeah. Well, you know, my youngest daughter, she's a type one diabetic and she, you know, does use a, well, she not, not anymore. And I wish she would, uh, wear her Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. And you find out really quickly and, and, for, and it's so crazy when she was a little kid, we hated the fact that she wouldn't touch fruits. Then when she was diagnosed at 17 with type one diabetes, like, okay, kind of a good thing that you don't love fruits, you know, because yeah. it is. Uh, but now speaking of her and okay, now this is kind of, I, I'm saying this somewhat tongue in cheek, although this was a real conversation for multiple reasons, not the least of which is the fact that she goes to the university of Colorado in Boulder. I was like, okay, you're a type one diabetic. You can't drink alcohol. So, Stay away from the freaking pot. You don't, don't you, cause you're going to, I have fraternity brothers that, that I have one in particular, he was a type one diabetic. And so he smoked a lot of weed because he couldn't, uh, he couldn't drink alcohol. So for Abby though, who I don't want smoking weed or drinking alcohol and staying really healthy for a lot of reasons, other than just being a type one diabetic, these products right here, are these good alternatives. I don't know. That, that, that gets, that gets to, uh, you have to ask a doctor whether <laughs> yeah. they would. I know, I know. I'm that. just, I'm just kind of BS. If you if the absolute, if you absolutely was going to be drinking ethanol, yeah. regular alcohol, which we can talk about in a second, we're kind of yeah. jumping around. Um, yes, for sure. Like I said to everyone, it's just exponentially better than ethanol. But if her choice is, you know, she's already not having ethanol and to bring this back in, eh, you know, it's not going to be yeah. better than water. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's talk, let's go into that. So the other drink is called, uh, it's a separate company. We call it hard ketones. And the main product line is called R13, which stands for R13 butane dial, which is this ingredient that we initially used, we use in the ketone ester. And as I mentioned before, when you drink R13 butane dial, it goes through the liver and 70, 80% of it converts to beta hydroxybutyrate ketones. And I asked Dr. Veach 
I don't know, five, seven years ago, well, why not just give R13 butane dial? Why make this expensive process? Because we manufacture it in the US, it's really expensive bonding these two molecules naturally. Why not just give R13 butane dial? And his answer was epic. He said, the mice were stumbling. So, you know, the mice were drunk. So they just said, oh yeah, it makes ketones, but the mice were drunk. So they, they threw that out. And that's when I said, oh, I think that might be advantageous. You know, some people might want to be not necessarily drunk, but, you know, because they give mice half of their body weight, you know, huge, sure. huge, huge quantities of it. But, you know, at a, at a much lower rate, getting a little bit of a buzz without ethanol. So this is the world's first ethanol free alcohol. So people think and they equate the word alcohol with ethanol. They don't realize that beer, vodka, wine is all ethanol based. It's people say, oh, what about tequila? What about gin? It's all yeah. ethanol. It's all the same base ingredient. And, you know, people equate that with alcohol, but there's other types of alcohol like hand sanitizer will have alcohol in it or other, you know, propyl alcohol that will make you go blind if you if you drink it. There's other types of alcohol. So alcohol is the umbrella and ethanol is one of them. Well, this is the first or second ingredient that you can consume that is still an alcohol, but not ethanol. So right. it gives you a little bit of a buzz and delivers ketones and you know there's you know benefits to that as well so we call it a a buzz with benefits it won't give you the same mental clarity as ketone ester it's it's a different type of well you can talk about it because you drank it it's supposed to be more of a a relaxation it's not a pre-workout people accidentally drank a pre-workout and they're like frank i was on the treadmill and i saw this couch and all i could think about is like sitting on the couch i don't think you have a winner here and i'm like no you're not supposed to take it you know Pre-workout, you know, post-workout, sure. We're even coming up with a new drink called Champs, uh, a sparkling win, which is, you know, tasting like you know, like a white wine, yeah. um, sparkling for post-workout and post-races. But so, yeah, it's a whole new category of alcohol, and it's real uh, exciting. Did you drink it yet? No, actually, I haven't. I was going to try it on the show. I'm going to tell everybody real okay. time what this one tastes like. Now, I saved this one. All right, so... And this Which is, is the, cold? This is is the raspberry cold? lime. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. I got it out of the fridge okay. right before I came here. Make sure to take two sips because the first sip has the bitter blocker, so the second sip tastes better. You're right about that. It's good. It's good. Raspberry lime, cool. and, it, and it doesn't have that. Um, it doesn't have kind of that nasty, fruity um, diet drink to it. So we made it very low on the sweetness. Some of the other drinks we're going to come out with are going to be higher on the sweetness. That was, you know, as bare bones, absolute minimum sweetness to overcome the bad taste of the R13 butane dial. And it has 12.5 grams, about 4% of this alcohol in that drink. So that one's very, very unsweet. And then, you know, we have, we made a gin and tonic where we made it more concentrated into an eight ounce drink. That one. We did not put it, yeah. We did not put a bitter blocker in there. And, but the, the idea is the alcohol kind of works with the tonic and the juniper from, you know, but there's no actual gin in it and it's a sugar-free tonic. So that one's a very flavorful. If you don't normally like gin and tonic, you're not going to like this. You won't magically, you know, like that. All right, I'm going to try um, it right now. Let's see. Cause I, I and know, it's better with a squeeze of lime, but I'm assuming you don't have that around. No, I won't. It does taste like a gin and tonic though crazy yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean if you're if you're if you're super snobby with your gin and tonic and you know the difference between high shelf gin yeah this isn't gonna 
be for you because it has no gin in it. So it's, it's never going to be as good as the as the original. And then we also have a, a third drink. Did I send you the the ginger mule? Uh uh-uh. uh no. So that's that's this one right here. Okay. Uh, we're actually almost sold out of it. We'll be making more soon. It's a ginger mule. It's got more of you know that that ginger bite. Yep. To it, and then we're working on a on a champagne flavor, and then ultimately our the holy grail is a beer. Yeah. Making yeah. A, a super light ultra beer that you know only has maybe 15 20 calories and that actually the raw ingredient tastes like beer hops so it actually meshes well together and you'll have a you know ketogenic beer because that's the number one one of the top reasons why people have problems with the ketogenic diet is that they can't drink alcohol so they try to bank they yep. try to drink the best of the worst but it's still going to kick you out of ketosis so vodka and water or something it's still going to destroy your ketosis. This actually keeps you in ketosis, depending on how you define ketosis, but just doesn't kick you out of ketosis. It'll raise your blood ketones one to two millimolars per can. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, people feel, and eh, we found that maybe 50, 60% of people will feel it with one can and it takes, you know, maybe 80% of people will feel it with two cans. Um, if you have a higher tolerance, then sometimes, you know, doesn't matter how much you take. Right. We've had people take, take more and, and they don't feel it. So everyone's different. Some people feel it even as quickly as half of one can. Right. So everyone's uh, a little bit different there. Well, and one of the things I'll tell the listener, you know, both of these, both cans, you know, added together have zero carbs, as yeah. you would expect, which is, you know, because like, yeah, you mentioning the, 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 le- the least of the evils. I think I, someone told me this. I never verified it because I didn't, I didn't care because I wasn't going to drink it anyway. But they said that Natty Light, natural light, is like the, the the lowest carb beer, and then of course Ultra Light. That's why or Michelob Ultra. That's why yeah. everybody drinks Ultras because it's supposedly a lower carb. I'm like, look, if you're going to drink beer, you might as well. It doesn't matter. You're you're not going to be able to stay in ketosis. I, I suppose there might be some benefit to a little bit less carbs, but neither one of these have any carbs whatsoever. Right, but some of the some of the regular beers will still have like a hunt. Uh, 150 200 250 calories you can still oh. a regular full body beer yeah. can can hit you back so that's why you know Michelob ultra is the number one drink in america it's under 100 calories total and i think uh, 85 of that is 80 85 of that is the alcohol and only 15 of it is the actual you know beer right. uh, it, itself outside of the alcohol yeah the alcohol is is, is 80 percent of that well, one of the, the biggest benefits to me, I, I cut out all drinking. And the thing is, I wouldn't touch a light beer. Back in my drinking days, I mean, I liked heavy yeah. stuff. Guinness Stout was my favorite or, a, you know, a Bach or something like that. So it was all full-leaded, just heavy stuff. Yeah. So it, it, either that or uh, my my alcohol of choice was always scotch. So I you know, there's nothing I enjoyed more than a bag of Stacy's pita chips and some scotch. So it's like a thousand extra calories. I was telling my wife uh, just last night, I was like, gosh, back whenever I would drink, I mean, it wasn't unusual for me to sit down and consume about a thousand extra calories and God knows how many carbs. Well, that's, that's one of the funny things on the side of the can we put, you know, it's more of the after work drink, relaxation drink. uh, But you might be able to actually skip dinner with it because it actually does the opposite of, you know, regular alcohol makes you have the munchies and eat these, these other foods. This doesn't do that. This actually has the ketosis benefit of suppressing appetite. So some people can skip dinner and, and not have that munchies, which also may even the drink itself 
when you're eating those chips, you also have the craving for the second beer and the third beer and the fourth beer. But this doesn't do that. You drink one can and some people are like, I just felt content. I just stopped. It makes you not crave the next. And we have actually had this one biohacking nurse, super healthy. Her only vice was one bottle of wine per day. She would do ice baths twice a week and all this stuff. And she just got used to one bottle of wine. And she, without even you know much planning, she switched to two cans of our stuff and was able to not have the cravings that she you know had with the wine. Mm-hmm. And she said the next day she woke up and it was like the days that she took the ice bath. Just her, her just inflammation on her face was just drastically different. She wasn't fully accounting for what that wine was doing on a daily basis. And she drinks, you know, four glasses of wine, but even that one glass of wine can affect inflammation and just have you know so much problems. And then 30 days later, I called her up and said, Hey, how's it going? She's like, great. I haven't had any wine. It's been 30 days and I'm not craving it. I just have one or two cans per, every night and we're good. Another 60 days later, I call her up and said, Hey, how's it going? She's like, Oh, I got some bad news. I'm like, Oh crap. She went back to the wine. She goes, no, I'm not drinking your product anymore. I'm just drinking water. I'm like, that's not bad news. You went from a highly addictive alcohol bottle of wine to two cans to nothing. And now you just bring it with you like a six pack to special occasions, p- parties. I'm like, that's couldn't be better. Couldn't be yeah. better too. Yeah. to, to go from one thing. You don't want to go to another thing that's addictive. And then for her to just be able to just to go straight to water without even thinking about it is perfect. So yeah, we've helped people get off of their, you know, only one drink a night type mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about the beer? How far out are you on that? Oh man, all, always two months away for the last nine months. Like literally it's, it's a problem where the way that you make beer, you've got to, you've, you've got to ferment the sugar over to alcohol and then, then you have to take out the alcohol and we can find some companies that can do one part of the process, but they can't do the dealkalization part and, and, uh, craft companies don't want to make an ultra beer. Like why are you making an ultra light beer? Like craft is all about super flavorful and stuff. So just haven't found the right partners yet to, to make that happen. Trying. So, Trying. and that brings up uh, kind of where we started with this, if you don't mind, Frank, because a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs or entrepreneur wannabes, you know, they, 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 they want their big idea. I got to believe with the stuff that, I mean, you've got, I'm looking at these two cans. I'm just looking at the products you're, you're dealing with food product, which is so hard. You're look you're dealing with the, the scientific aspect of this. You're looking at kind of wading into some, uh, medical waters, if you will. Bottom line is this was not just a widget that you brought to market for that wannabe entrepreneur out there, irregardless of what the product is, what has sustained you? What is it that drives you to go forward Again, a product like this is a bitch to bring to market. It's expensive. It's hard. I've got to believe there was roadblock after roadblock. What? How do you keep your focus and keep your drive to keep keep pushing ahead? Well, first of all, I was just really lucky. If if I sat down and said, "Hey, I want to make a sports drink," and just randomly took things that are off the you know available, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. There are better marketers than, than me that can sell sugar, watered caffeine and, and twist it as like, now it's all natural caffeine. Like, ah, you know, wasn't it natural before? Like, <laughs> so just having something that's very, very unique, not another has been because I guess the companies with millions and millions of fu- dollars in funding can just put literally like bang, sh- you know, sugar, caffeine, super high caffeine, put it together in a lot of marketing and do it. 
and I couldn't do that. So I'm lucky that I actually have something that actually works and works, you know, immediately, like within a day or two, if someone's three or four days trying it, it's not working. I'm like either stop or contact me to, to make some adjustment because, you know, this isn't something you have to take for 30 days. So I got really lucky there. So just making sure that you have something that is, you know, really unique. And another thing we've been priding ourselves on was actually making the product as opposed to just buying the ingredients from China. Cause if you can buy it from China, so can 10 or hundred other people. So no matter how successful you are, then the 10 other people will just buy it from the same source and you're just done. You know, it's a commodity. It goes down to zero. Right. Um, so just having something that's unique and vertically integrate if you can. So you're, you have some, uh, proprietary aspect to it, not just buying things that are off the shelf. Right. Right. Well, man, this has been fun. So where can people buy it? Where can they learn about you and anything that we should have talked about that we didn't go Frank? Cause I don't want to miss anything while I've got right. you here, dude. I know you're busy, man. Well, there's, there's, there's plenty on the YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where I talk, uh, uh, just go to search for ketone aid and you'll find the, the YouTube channel. I think it's actually technically youtube.com slash ketone aid. And I've got a lot of videos on there about, you know, buy a CGM. You know, one lady uh, said, hey, my husband has brain fog. You know, how much ketone ester should I take? So I made a video for her and then just made it so other people saying, before you take the ketone ester, what are you eating? Because like she was still eating, still giving him orange juice, still having you know, high sugar. I'm like, before you even tap into the, into the ketones, get rid of that stuff. Like that's cheaper. That's that's free. So I've got videos on like lower your sugar intake before you try to cause, before you try to have your brain fog go away with ketone ester, like look at your sugar consumption, like do that first. And then you add, once you figure that out and you have a level of improvement, you're like, oh, wow, now I trust them. Now I add ketones and then you take it you know, to the next level. Um, but you can find us on ketoneaid.com and the hard ketones is hardketones.com, but that forwards to um, our Instagram account where you can see people using it, but you can buy both products on the ketoneaid.com website. We sell them in either eight packs for the seltzers because it's a larger can or 12 packs. And the maximum that FedEx will ship at one time is a 50 pound box. So people will buy just a huge boatload of it. Maybe eventually we'll be in stores. It's just kind of hard for retailers to kind of understand this whole new alcohol thing. And they, they oftentimes, don't want to take a risk with things that are just too new. So right now it's all direct to consumer. How, and that, that's a good question. I didn't even think to ask that. Uh, how is it regulated? Is it regulated? Like, is there, a, I guess there's a schedule for alcohols or how? No, it, it uh, the TTB regulates ethanol. Okay. So this is not even, this didn't even get on yeah. that, that deal. Okay. Yeah, but we still require a 21 and over self-regulating 21 and over signature Got to it. receive the package, which, you know, can be a pain in the neck. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Well, man, this was fun, Frank. I mean, I, it was an education for me and I hope that the audience, and, and again, I, I, I love it. I'm a, again, someone who has been on a, at a, I've been on ketogenic diets. I always eat low carb. I know the benefits that ketones can do to as, as a cleaner source of fuel for the body, I guess is a kind of a better way to say it. And I think this is something that uh, for sure I've added to my protocol and uh, send me some of the snake water though. Is that what's yeah. snake water, right? Yeah, snake water and, and put those two cans, they'll be flat, but put them in the fridge and try them um, on an empty stomach, you know, a little bit after work okay. and, you know, see if you feel it. And even if you quote unquote, don't drink, because I, I, I also don't drink. Yeah. But when people say that phrase, it's like, no, you don't drink ethanol. 
Right. Because ethanol is, so ethanol converts to acetaldehyde. That's the toxin. That's what destroys your sleep. That's what just messes everything up. This doesn't convert to that. Right. If this only converted to water and still give you a buzz, it would be revolutionary, but it's right. actually a step better. It converts to ketones. Right. So try that and see how your sleep is. Some people say with one can, their sleep is better. But when you go to two to three cans, then it has a diminishing return and might be make your sleep worse. So try one can, see if you feel a buzz and check out your aura ring data. Okay, I'll do it, man. All right, sit tight. I'll say goodbye to you after I hit, uh, after I stopped the recording. And uh, hey, for everybody that's watching on the YouTube channel, thank goodness we got uh, Frank's green screen back kind of settled. Most, I don't know if you could see it on your end, Frank, but most of it looked pretty good. So okay. if you would, check out Frank. And also, please click like, subscribe. Or if you have any questions, get the comments going in the channel. And those of you listening on the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, thanks so much for joining us. He's Frank. I'm Jason. And we are out. <laughs>